Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Grief Awakening Podcast. We are back. It is 2023. Can you believe it? I don't know about you guys, but I feel like 2022 flew by. And right now I'm feeling a lot of like very excited energy from most people that I interact with or see on my new my news feeds. Um, everyone's excited about 2023. There's really fresh, exciting energy. I feel like people are really motivated and creative right now. Um, there's also, of course, full moon this week. People are going through a lot of emotions, um, navigating relationships, and the energy right now is not all bad, and I'm really loving it. And I hope you all had a happy and healthy holiday season and New Year's. I hope you're all safe. Um, we are just cruising into 2023 right now, and I'm not one for making New Year's resolutions. I feel like I kind of gave up on resoluting to anything several years ago, even before, you know, I moved through this crazy journey. But um, I do like to kind of think about intentions, and I don't even write them down. This is just something that I kind of you know, think about the beginning of each year. What do I want to incorporate more of into my life in this year? What is my intention as I move through this year? And just off the top of my head, like one of the major things that I have been working on even through December and moving into this January season is inviting movement back into my life. And what I mean by that is physical movement. Um, Most of you who've listened to this podcast or listened to the first few episodes know that I used to be a avid CrossFitter. That was something that Jared and I did together six days a week, sometimes seven, <laughs> depending on, um, you know, how, how tired and sore we were. But after his passing, I had a really hard time getting myself back in the gym. I really tried for a long time. I tried to get back out there and honor him and do the workouts and um, make him proud. Right. But it was a very emotional experience. It wasn't something that I could keep up with. And so for a long time, I went through these periods of doing a whole lot of nothing, maybe sometimes getting myself out for walks or hikes, which I've always loved doing. Um, and in just the last two months or so, I really, really felt called to start moving my body again. So In 2023, my intent, one of my intentions is just to invite more movement into my life, whatever that looks like. Yoga, um, jumping on my mini trampoline. If you've ever heard of rebounding, you should totally look that up. It's amazing and fun. And sometimes that just might be a a walk in my neighborhood. You know, there's no rules around this or goals or resolutions. This is just something that I am, am setting as an intention for myself to feel better and treat my body well. Another intention that I am inviting in this year is experiencing more joy. And that sounds so simple. It sounds like, you know, okay, well, how do you go about doing that, though? You know, Um, for me, it's really just about like appreciating those beautiful moments in the day to day, whether that be, you know, making a coffee in the morning and sitting and enjoying my coffee and that brings me joy or getting to see a friend for lunch or um, or getting to meet with a client in the evening and having a beautiful session. All these little things that are just part of everyday life 
but really can bring so much peace and love and joy. And those are the feelings that I want to tune into more often. I'm looking for those things, right? Um, and I think if I continue to look for joy, it will, it will find me even more easily. So those are just two of the things that I have been thinking about over the last couple of weeks as we move into this month. Um, I'm very, very excited to grow my business in 2023 as well, whatever that looks like, um, kind of just letting spirit lead me with that. So I want to get into this week's episode. We are talking about grief triggers. And I feel like I've casually mentioned grief triggers on this podcast before here and there. And if you are moving through grief, then you probably know exactly what these are and you have probably felt them before. But um, grief triggers are commonly described as anything that brings up memories of a loss you have experienced. But I really feel it's so much more than that. It's not just a reminder of the person you lost. They are reminders of all the struggles that you now experience as a result of the loss and even reminders of the future you didn't get to have. They can be something expected, such as a birthday or anniversary or a holiday. But I know that you all know this, the hardest ones are the triggers that just come out of nowhere. And at the end of this, I'm going to give you some tips on how to help you move through them when they show up. So first, I want to just take some time talking about some different types of triggers that you might have come across or have experienced. And also note that something that may I may consider a trigger may not be a trigger for you and vice versa. Um, so grief is, as we know, grief is completely individualized. Everyone is moving through their own experience. And so something that ups- might upset me might not upset you. And so you may not resonate with all of these, and that's totally okay. And there may be some additional ones that I may not have thought of, and I would love for you to share those with me if you feel called to. But a few of the most common ones that I have felt or have seen with others is, um, you know, upcoming holidays, birthdays, and events, as I mentioned, um, those things kind of looming in the distance. I know for me, I mentioned this, I think, in the second episode, um, that one-year mark looming in front of me, the one-year anniversary of Jared's death, it felt like this huge mountain that I had to climb and get over. It was a huge grief trigger for me. And it wasn't even the day that was such a big deal. It was like the months leading up to it, knowing that once I got to that one year, I was now, you know, 365 days without him. And how could I possibly live another minute without him? And every day I just kept getting up and doing it. And as we moved closer and closer to the date, it suddenly became not so scary anymore. And I know for even like the Christmas holiday season that we just had, so many of you, I'm sure, were moving through heavy grief during this season. And you're finding ways to celebrate the holiday without your loved one. It's extremely difficult. It brings up more and more feelings of grief. I hope that you had the space to feel what you needed to feel and celebrate in the best way that you could. Another grief trigger that actually came up quite a bit for me as someone who has lost a partner is attending events or parties alone. 
And this may not resonate you for you if the person that you have are grieving or have lost is not someone that you would, you know, hang out with on a regular basis or go to parties or events with or um, anything like that. But for me, suddenly becoming single at a party or going solo to a party was very, very triggering for most of the first year. And even still now, two and a half years out, if someone invites me to a party where there's going to be a lot of couples, I may say yes in the moment. And then in the, in the moments leading up to it, the days leading up to it, I have extreme anxiety about having to attend this party alone, not having my my favorite plus one with me. It's it's a grief trigger for me. And I think it always will be until I have, you know, hopefully someday have a future partner. But even then, I'm sure it will still be hard. Another grief trigger that I've heard people say is um, seeing someone that looks like your loved one. And I can totally resonate with this. You may have had moments where Maybe you're walking through the grocery store and you look briefly down an aisle that you walk across and out of the corner of your eye, you almost swear that you saw your person. You almost swear that you saw your loved one just in a flash or saw someone in the checkout line who looks so incredibly like them that you're just, you know, in awe and it might bring up a lot of emotions of not having your loved one physically here with you. Another grief trigger that I see talked about a lot is moving through firsts. And what I mean by that is your first time doing anything new without your loved one or even anything that you've done before or used to do with them and now you're having to do it for the first time by yourself. So an example of this for me was going back to the gym for the first time without my fiance there. As I mentioned in the first episode, Jared and I were avid CrossFitters at the gym six days a week, had a full-on gym in our garage. We were just obsessed. And after he passed, I took some time off the gym, of course, as I was moving through emotions, traveling a lot, visiting with family, and I remember the first time going back, it felt really good to see all of the people at the gym that I cared about and cared for me and were friends with us. And um, it felt it felt safe to be there. But once the workout began, I just, I crumbled. I remember being in the middle of the workout and riding on the you know, the exercise bike, the assault bike, and just tears start rolling down my face. And before anyone could notice, I ran out the side of the the gym door and hit on the side of the building and just sobbed. Doing something for the first time without him, especially something that meant so much to him, that he was so incredibly passionate about, that he introduced into my life, felt so incredibly hard. And I would bet as you're listening to this, you can think of a few firsts that you had to do without your loved one. There's also some grief triggers that are not so definable or cookie cutter or 
can't really place them in a specific grief trigger genre, if you will. And one of the most memorable grief triggers for me happened in just the first few months after Jared passed. And I think it's important to note that when you first experience a loss, I feel like you're just in a constant state of grief, anguish. And so the grief triggers are a little bit less noticeable because you just feel like that all the time, right? But as we move forward and start to have, you know, a little bit more normalcy back into our life, maybe when you go back to work, you spend start spending time with friends and family, you have some good days, maybe you have some days where you don't cry as much. The grief triggers are a little more noticeable. And one of the first ones I experienced was in October, just a few months after Jared's passed in 2020. I moved from our house that we lived in together into a 500-square-foot apartment. And on the moving day, honestly, it was a great day. I had so many people who were part of Jared and I's life who showed up for me and supported me, and they helped me load the truck and unload the truck at the new location. And um, it was such a full effort. It took all day long. And finally, at the end of the day, when everyone went their own way, I was feeling incredibly grateful and and thankful for everyone who had helped me, but all I wanted to do was just take a shower and get my bed set up so I could get some sleep. And I remember being in this new apartment, living alone for the first time, and trying to just set up the shower curtain so I could take a, sh- a hot shower. And so I pull, you know, I pull my shower curtain out of some of my packages and I hang it up there. And as soon as I get the last hookup, the whole shower rod just falls down. And I don't think much of it. I'm just like, okay, let's try this again. I hang it up there, get it all sorted. And in a moment, it falls again. And this time it hits me in the head. I spent 20 minutes wrestling with the shower curtain rod until I broke down into tears. And it wasn't the shower curtain rod that was making me cry. It was this feeling of, if Jared were here, everything would be fine. If Jared were here, he would fix this. If Jared were here, I wouldn't be hanging up this shower curtain rod. If Jared were here, I wouldn't be in this tiny, stupid 500-square-foot apartment. If Jared were here, I wouldn't have to move. You know, all the things that run through your mind... When you're moving through a moment like that, all the what ifs, all the I wish I could have type thoughts. I think that was for the first time something outside of myself that caused my grief to show up in such a huge way. And if you're wondering, I never got the shower curtain rod back up. I ended up texting my sister-in-law and asking if I can come and sleep over at their house for the evening because I just wanted to feel safe somewhere. And I needed to be held. I know there's a million different other ways that group triggers can show up. And I don't think there's any possible way I could even state them all. Because I haven't quite experienced all of them yet. But I wanted to give you some tips that I have used to move through them when they do show up. And I know that most of us don't always have the space to just let ourselves 
fully experience these. They're, they come at inconvenient times when you're at work with friends, with family. Um, so I want to just give you some quick tips to help you move through them. And a few of these tips I feel like could also be used for moving through anxiety as well. And the first one I would recommend is square breathing or box breathing. So when a trigger shows up and if you are feeling anxious or short of breath or instant overwhelm, one thing you can do is focus on your breath and come back to your body. And in a square breathing technique, it's really simple. All it is is breathing in for a count of four, holding for a count of four, exhaling for a count of four, and holding for a count of four. And this is a really quick way to regulate your nervous system, come back to your body. And this is also a good time to notice where the grief may be showing up in your body. So maybe you might feel it in your throat or a tightness in your chest, or maybe it's the back of your neck or your head. And just focus on sending breath there and clearing that energy if you can. This is something really easy that you can do at your desk, at work, or in the bathroom if you need to, while you're driving the car, or even with your if you're sitting at dinner with friends. The next one I want to talk about, we actually did together in episode 10, uh, my interview with Kim Salter, and that is EFT tapping. And there's actually a really amazing mini tapping session within that episode. So if you haven't listened to it, I highly recommend that you go back. I want to say it's probably about halfway through the um, the recording. I can I can put the timestamp for you guys in the show notes. But um, and what this is is tapping on energy points and acupuncture points on the hands, face, and your body while speaking a setup statement. So you would start on the side of your hand and speak your setup statement, and then as you move through each tapping point, you're literally talking through the emotion that you're feeling. And this restores the body's energy just back to balance and negative emotions are released. You can use tapping for all sorts of different things, but I really have been enjoying using it for moving through my grief, especially when I'm feeling these heavy emotions and I can't quite identify where it's coming from or why I'm suddenly feeling this. It really helps to do the tapping and kind of just talk myself through the emotions. Um, The next thing I want to give you as a tip, which kind of goes along with this, is either writing down what you're feeling or speaking it if you can. One thing I found really helpful in the first few years of my grief journey was keeping a journal. And I not only use this to write down dreams and things, but also anytime I was moving through a crazy grief trigger or just having a really hard day, it was super helpful for me to go in in my journal and just write, literally write down what I was feeling. For me, this had a similar effect as like being able to call a friend and tell them, you know, vent to them or tell them what's going on. But being able to write it down really allowed me to fully like be fully vulnerable and transparent and just really say what I was feeling even if it meant like I was mad at Jared and I was writing to him specifically sometimes it was that and other times it's just being able to speak or write down the emotions you're feeling helps release them from your body 
And I found that really, really helpful. Um, and also that's of course something that you can do in private or you can do it at your desk at work, or you can do it, you know, on the notes app in your phone. Um, any way that feels good to you, I, I highly recommend you give it a try. The next tip I want to give you is a little bit more of a coping mechanism rather than like a tip for healing. And that is the art of distraction. And I realize this is not ideal, but when we are moving through grief and also life is happening, so a lot of us, maybe you've lost a partner, but also you're a parent, but also you work a full-time job. Like you don't always have time to process all of your emotions. And sometimes we need to set them aside to work on in another time. And so distraction really can come in handy. I know for me at the beginning of my loss, beginning of my journey, I seeked a lot of distraction. And the number one distraction for me was playing with my niece and nephew. And I'm not sure that my sister-in-law and brother-in-law really truly knew how much I needed this, but I spent so much time with them because my niece and nephew, who were just just little babies at the time, I mean, you know, one and two years old or younger, playing with them and spending time with them kind of gave me this like form of comic relief and just relief from feeling all of my feelings all the time. Because when you're so deep in your grief, that's all you can think about. It's all you can do. And having something like that to take your mind off of it, to make you just experience a little bit of joy was super, super helpful. So for you, that might be something completely different. It might not be playing with children. It might be um, going out with friends or going on a trip or um, spending time shopping or doing anything that just takes your mind off of all of the feelings, the heavy feelings. This can be so helpful. It's, of course, not a long-term solution. We need to address our emotions which brings me to my last tip, and that is as often as you can to just let yourself feel this. Anytime a grief trigger pops up, anytime that you are brought back to the memory of your loss or anything associated with your loss that's bringing up anguish or sadness, depression, or just that feeling of like really truly missing your person, I want you to just let yourself feel it. Spend time crying, spend time talking to them, thinking about them, looking, look at the photos, look at the videos, do whatever you need to do to process those emotions, because that's what's going to get it out of your body. And the more that we push those emotions down, they can become trapped in our energy, in our bodies and our chakras. And that's what will cause other issues down the road if you keep avoiding it. And I know this is not ideal. We don't want to, you know, we don't want to have to process all this stuff. Like grief is already hard enough. Like I don't have to work on myself too, right? (laughs) Um, But truly the best thing for you and your body is to just let yourself feel this. Okay, we're going to stop there for today. If you have any suggestions or things that have helped you move through grief triggers or just your grief journey in general, I would love to hear them. 
I think what I'm going to do, so on Friday, the day you're listening to this, Friday, January 6th, um, I will post on my stories a link to this episode as well as a question box for you to go in and if you'd like to share with us any tips that you may have to move through grief trigger, what has really helped you the most? Um, I know everyone's journey is different. So some of these, these things that I mentioned today may not resonate with you. And I would love to hear what does so we can share with everyone else listening. Thank you again for tuning in to this week's episode. I'm really looking forward to bringing more content to you this year, more amazing guests and exciting conversations. And I think in the next few weeks, we're really going to dive deeper into creating that connection with our loved ones. I feel like most of you who are listening that I've, who I've heard from, that's truly what you are interested in or what you're here for. And I'm, I'm all for that because that's where my passion lies. That is helping you reignite your connection with your loved ones to be able to feel them around you and know that they are with you. So we're going to definitely spend some more time talking about signs and visitation dreams and mediumship stories, as well as like giving you the tools to help you create your own connection, which is also what we do in grief coaching. If you are interested in one-on-one grief coaching, that is something that I offer in person in Nashville or over Zoom, so you can be anywhere in the world. And I always have the link to my offerings in the show notes, as well as my information. If you'd like to reach out, I am on Instagram at intuitively underscore Elise, and my email will be in the show notes. Thank you again for tuning in. I hope everyone has an amazing weekend and and a great start to your new year. I will see you all next week. Bye.